You're listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training, helping you guide your group through its study of the storyline of Scripture. Hey there, thanks for joining us for the Weekly Leader Training for the Gospel Project for Adults. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me again is Brandon Hildebidal. Brandon, still fine? I'm fine. I, I, I'll... I'll level up a little bit this week. I'm pretty okay. excited. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible that we're going to talk about today. It's actually the first, if I remember correctly, it's the first passage of Scripture I ever memorized. Really? And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Nice. Thanks for having me. Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are, uh, we're talking about, uh, we're ste- actually stepping out of Acts for for a minute this week because we are, um, because, well, this coming week is Christmas. Yes, that's right. So um, some of some of you have been, you know, from my perspective, kind of odd and been listening to Christmas music since, uh, oh, August. And um, Trevin, you know, you can feel bad about that. My five year old daughter started taping Christmas lists to the wall of my bedroom. uh, I think July. (laughs) (laughs) She's planning. It's time. There you go. There you go. Um, well, at my house, um, well, certainly at the time that we're recording this, it's not happening yet. Um, by the time this, by the time this actually is out in the world, I'm going to say that our Christmas tree is probably up. (laughs) Probably. Makes me sad. Why? It makes me sad. Why? Day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Get it up, man. Nope. Day after Thanksgiving. Nope. We are we our view is as if it if it's up long enough that you have to dust it, it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes up uh it goes up, you know, mid December and it comes down sometime. <laughs> there was at least one year where that's happened and it wasn't me who initiated it, it was the kids or Emily. So it was great. But uh, this week we are we are looking at you know one of our classic Christmas passages, John chapter one. Wait, that's not a classic Christmas passage at all. <laughs> it but is it's now. A great passage. It should be a classic Christmas passage because you know what? Every passage can be a Christmas passage, um, honestly and with integrity, um, if you are looking looking toward Jesus. Hmm. So. Today we are looking at John chapter 1 and in this session what we want what we want to see is that Jesus is the eternal word of God that he has always existed and that he will always exist and so uh, this session will help us to rightly consider the baby born in Bethlehem the story of the word of God the eternal infinite creator putting on human flesh and entering our broken world on a life-saving mission recognizing and celebrating that Jesus is the Word of God who came to reveal God and provide life to all who believe in Him. That's a pretty good Christmas gift right there. Yeah. That's right. So uh, what, is the, what is the thing that you would say is, hey, this is the most important thing that we can take away from this session? I put down Christmas reveals God's glory. It's the, basically the second point uh, mm-hmm. is the key to this one for me because our hearts are going to tend to want to latch on to point one more than point two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas reveals God's glory. Christmas revolves around God's glory. Help your people hammer it home. Christmas serves, advances, proclaims, declares, and all of that, God's glory. And here's how that works. So the word of God, or the word, is the eternal person of God. The word is God. Like that alone, uh, 
is an indescribably awesome concept. And I just, I would try to get your people to slow down and wrap their hearts around uh, the significance of, of some of these truths as it relates to Christmas filling us with awe. Mm-hmm. The word is an eternal person of God. That eternal person of God, like essence itself, creator of everything, somehow put on flesh. Somehow he, God, in that flesh was willing to dwell among us. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Somehow his goal in dwelling with us was to destroy death for his people. And then somehow the eternal God in a human body dwelling with sinners was actually able to accomplish the goal of destroying death. So I think that this session should make Christmas amazing mm -hmm. in your heart. It should make you think that Christmas is amazing because God is just incomparably awesome. What he has done is stunning. So the most important way uh, takeaway from this session might be a heart that just says there is no one like our God. Uh, there's no one who compares. His glory covers all the earth. The word came to reveal God's glory, and it is a glorious glory. That's That, mm. I think, is the takeaway. I think that's a great takeaway. I mean— I don't know that I could I could even really add anything to that. Um, I would definitely agree. Point two is the most important in this entire session. Jesus, the Word, came to reveal God's glory, and yeah, how how different does yeah. that make Christmas? Yes, it makes it's it, a, crazy. It, it makes it a worshipful thing. Absolutely, sure. and Christmas should be a yeah. a time of worship, um, a time to really celebrate the gospel itself, like. The gospel isn't just for Easter time. It's yeah. for every time. It's for yeah. Christmas, too. So what's uh, what's something in this, though? Because, I mean, this is a big, heady concept that we've talked about. What is uh, what is something that, that could be a challenge or an issue that, that comes up as a result? Sure. So one way to say it might be getting focused on, quote, unquote, the wrong essential doctrine. Mm. So the this this session equips you to discuss the doctrine of Jesus's humanity. Yep. You could have a tendency to focus on the doctrine of the Trinity. And uh, the Trinity is really confusing. Yep. We Obviously, we cover it, but, but we don't hammer at home in this session. And so uh, if you don't feel prepared for that discussion, you might want to steer away from it. Because talking about Jesus as the second per per person of the Trinity... Uh, it could lead to a conversation about the Trinity at large. Um, <laughs> this came up with my, so I have three daughters under the age of 10, and it came up in, a, in the backyard, I don't know how, a couple of weeks ago. My, my, my wife brought them to me and said, they're asking questions about the Trinity. Can you explain to them the Trinity? Nice. I tried. Uh, I used the an egg analogy. I used the water analogy. I'm not sure any of it meant much to them. Uh, but because <laughs> Aaron's shaking his head, nope. it doesn't mean much to Aaron, <laughs> which is exactly my point. Yeah. Uh, because you can't cover everything all the time, I would wait for a session that teaches more about the Trinity and keep your focus on this week's essential doctrine, uh, Jesus' humanity. Yes. And just as a side note, whenever the Trinity does come up, don't use analogies. So um, they always go bad. <laughs> I guess that's true of all analogies. That's true. That's true. But uh, – but, I mean, we do have a great video about the Trinity on, um, uh, you know, on gospelproject.com. So I'll, I'll, I'll park my <laughs> six-year-old in front of that tonight. You know, I think she could handle it. It's, you know, <laughs> if she can handle listening to me for two minutes, it'll be fine. <laughs>
<laughs> but um, but I would definitely affirm you. Yeah, take advantage of the opportunity to reflect on something that is hard to understand that pushes on. Um, really all of our sensibilities, everything that, that makes sense to us, because Jesus's humanity, his taking on human nature in addition to his divine nature, that's one of the most confusing aspects of who Jesus is and what Jesus is in all of Christianity. It's one of those things that's been a core fight among Christians and was one of the issues that had to be settled earliest in the entire faith. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I mean, this is also a good opportunity to uh, to to bring up the apocryphal tale of St. Nicholas. Man, anytime (laughs) you get that chance, you got to take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk about Santa slapping heretics in the face in this session. (laughs) Um, That should be part of your family discussion time as well. So, um, but, but seriously, I know I talked about the, you know, the materials that we have for the, um, uh, for the Trinity. We do actually have an extended discussion on Jesus's humanity. That's part of the Hear of the Story podcast. Um, it's came out a couple months back, but you can find that real easy. Um, we also have a video in, our, in our additional resources for this session as well. So check out both of those there. So, so, Brandon, as we wrap this up, what is one encouragement that we might have for leaders? Yeah, so this is a encourage you to try something. Um, and it's something I think leaders should try every once in a while, uh, and this is a great session for it. And it's just like an exercise to keep the group aware of the simple fact that the Bible is the authority of this time, that the Bible should be the center of attention in a group or in a Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, I think you should have a day where you sh- you share each main text at least twice. And here's what I mean by that. Either you can just have two people read it back to back from two different transla- trans- translations in an unhurried way. Mm-hmm. Or I, I've, I actually prefer having one person read it and then follow it up with somebody behind them trying to simply say what was just read. So you identify the person who's going to read it and identify beforehand, okay, uh, James, uh, after Jessica reads it, you're going to you're going to try to share just you're just going to try to say it to the group like whatever you can grasp you're going to say it back to us and it helps you get a a you more than one run at the text and mm-hmm. through more than one filter but it also just kind of elongates the time it helps you slow down spotlight the text attempt to articulate the text and man like i said this is just a great passage for an exercise like that and i might try that this week Nice. That's a good approach. That's a good approach. I like that. Um, I think something that I would leave as an encouragement is really just to spend some uh, time with the focal text of point three. So uh, that says, this is um, John 1, 16 through 18. Uh, Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the Son of uh, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at his Father's side, um, has revealed him. So chew on that. Chew on that big idea that really comes out in 16 and 17 as well, uh, especially that we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness and that um, just as Moses gave the law 
that the law was given through him, that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so remember that this really is the foundation of the Christian life, um, that Jesus is the answer to the problems that the law identifies, that we need grace from Jesus to live and that we need the truth from Jesus to live as well. This is really the root, uh, the foundation of the Christian life. Let, so let them take root in your heart. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Brandon, I think this is a good place for us to wrap this up. So thanks for chatting today. And thank you all for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you guide your group through this session, visit gospelproject.com.